set for all the action. It's Vancouver Canucks game day on the official home of the Canucks. Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome to Rogers Arena, the site of the penultimate home game of the season for the Vancouver Canucks as they welcome in the Seattle Kraken, Stan Richo and Satyar Shaw. The Vancouver Canucks and their playoff hopes hanging on by the smallest of threads, a 0.1 chance per moneypuck.com for the Canucks to get in. They need a lot of help. They need the Vegas Golden Knights to beat the Dallas Stars tonight. That's the first thing, but then the Golden Knights have to lose out for the rest the remainder of their season, as do the Dallas Stars. Any point in right for the Dallas Stars will officially eliminate the Vancouver Canucks from playoff contention. That game right now in the first period is still goalless. It's been the talk with the team that, hey, we're hanging on, we're believing. All we want to do is get a win and hope that we're still hoping and praying that we have a chance tomorrow morning. If these guys aren't cranking journeys, don't stop believing in the locker room, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. That's, uh, that's what the Canucks are hanging on to right now. <laughs> Spencer Martin is uh, the star of the show tonight. Thatcher Demko day-to-day as per the team. Uh, Bruce Boudreaux called it an ouch this morning. So uh, we're, sound just, good. we're always finding new ways to explain injuries in the NHL, but we hope the best for Thatcher Demko, who's had a brilliant season in the overall. And it gives us another chance to see what Spencer Martin has to offer as potentially this team's backup next year. Yeah, so. and, and right now he is penciled in as this team's backup. And if, if everything goes according to plan, he will be the backup netminder at the same time. He has to show he can do that. Now, hey, whatever happens tonight or what happens the rest of the season in the couple of games he might have to play isn't going to determine what his level of success will be next season. It's just to kind of see where his game's at, how much of what we saw earlier is translatable. And let's just say that Demko can't play the rest of the season. Neither can Yaro Halak. Does yeah. he play all three games? Does he play two out of those three? Do you get a chance to see what he looks like when he has to play more games, for instance? I think it depends on uh, what Friday's game against the Edmonton Oilers means. And if it's likely that the Canucks are out, I, I don't see why you wouldn't give DiPietro or Silovs a start there. I, yeah, I could totally see that. Um, and I would guess the guy would be DiPietro, because as much as Silovs is here today, well, the Abbotsford Canucks are playing a game tonight. Yep. In Abbotsford. So... You no, know, that's also a reason why you know Silovs is here to back up while Mikey DiPietro gets a start um, for the Abbotsford Canucks as they look to close out the season. They have a couple games coming up. There's a game coming up on Thursday they have when the Canucks play as well. So I'd guess that Spencer Martin gets this one and also gets the Thursday game, and then on Friday could be interesting. Could be interesting. Do you go just throw it to Mikey DiPietro? Maybe Silovs, but I, I think. Not that, you know, DiPietro should, t- should take too much offense to it, but it would kind of sting for DiPietro to see Silov start a game in the NHL when he's been above him in the depth chart. So that's one thing I wonder about, if it's DiPietro ultimately who gets a chance. So a couple of things that the uh, Canucks are looking at. Obviously, the playoff contention is still top of mind. Spencer Martin getting the start tonight, but... Um, you know, Quinn Hughes is setting records. And the other thing is JT Miller chasing down 100 points. Steven Stamkos reached that mark. Um, 
earlier this evening. Austin Matthews has just reached 60 goals on the season. So a lot of players hitting big-time milestone marks. And J.T. Miller, who when he was acquired, his career high was 61 points. He set a new career high in his first season with the Canucks, and now he's doing something none of us thought he had in him, and that is potentially getting to the triple-digit mark. Yeah, and so much so that the head coach is referring to him as the unknown superstar on this Canucks team. And you can totally understand why he says that about J.T. Miller. J.T. Miller has 73 points in 52 games under Bruce Boudreaux. That's a 115-point pace over an 82-game season. Superstars score 100 points. And when a player is on that type of pace under the head coach in over 50 games, you can understand why he refers to him as a superstar. It's been such a fantastic year for for J.T. Miller. And, and, and we've seen him take on, you know, not just a leadership role mm-hmm. from a – point production standpoint but he's really he's kind of taken on the emotional leader role and really lived that emotional leader role I guess ever since he stepped up during the COVID outbreak last year right it felt like that was kind of one of the JT Miller moments where he really became a big part of the leadership group and I know he was that in his first year but it's really felt like it's grown ever since then, in my opinion. Well, it has grown since then. I mean, the first year he came in, he had a big presence. You saw it in the uh, bubble where he started to emerge. But you're right about his presence being even greater in that second year. And then with everything that happened this season, and also towards the end of last year, you're right about the leadership role he took, but also with everything going on with the team, especially earlier this season, my understanding, and this is why I started really defending JT at one point after being critical like everybody was with some of his mannerisms and how he conducted himself when he was frustrated, but he was the one guy, one of the only guys that really tried his hardest to bring guys together earlier this season. Behind the scenes, doing everything humanly possible to try to get these guys back on track again. Like He really cared, and he really did everything he could, and he really wanted them to perform a lot better. He was not a guy that was trying to start a mutiny. He was not a guy who was sulking and pissing everybody off and getting fights with people. He was trying to get them going again, and it just wasn't working, and a lot of things were going wrong. And his presence overall, not just on the ice, but off the ice, it's it's become such a big part of everything this team does that the organization understands that him not coming back leaves a big void. Now, there's two ways of looking at that. One is to say that void can allow somebody else to grow and, you know, is there a world where Pedersen and, and him can really coexist as the personalities and as, you know, big money players if they're not on the same line? Is that a dynamic you have to consider long-term, perhaps? But the reason the organization really wants to keep him goes beyond just the scoring. It goes to what you mentioned, what he means to this team on and off the ice, especially as a leader and as a guy who sets the standard. It's uh, Canuck Central, Dan Richo, Satyar Shaw. Uh, let's bring in our broadcast team. Joey Kenward and Corey Hirsch. Joey in for Brendan Batchelor, who will be on the television tonight, calling the game on Sportsnet. Gentlemen, it is uh, the penultimate home game of the season. Canucks breaking out the black skate jerseys and Spencer Martin in goal with the Canucks playoff hopes hanging on by a thread. Yeah, and uh, lots of talking points now as we enter the final week of the regular season. And with, as you said, they've got to win out and they need help on the out-of-town scoreboard. It's going to take a minor miracle for them just to get through this week with three consecutive victories. 
uh, considering who's not in the lineup, who's not available. Uh, but there's been a lot of people that have counted this team out for months, and they have shut up a lot of people. And I'm not saying that they're going to run the table, and I'm not saying other teams outside of Vancouver are going to soil the sheets. I'm just going to say... Let's take it one game at a time here and see what they're able to do. Great opportunity for Martin Hershey, a guy that a lot of people have been very, very impressed with on a limited viewing in Canucks colors this year. Who's that? Yeah. Martin. He's been, well, he's been dynamite, but I was going to go back to your comment about making them a player. You're more optimistic than I am. <laughs> hey, they are, the numbers are what they are. They are what they are, and it's going to take not just a minor miracle. We're talking someone's going to need to see Moses part the Red Seas here in Vancouver. Um, you know what? It's yeah, it's a foregone conclusion. I think you know that's they're pretty much done, and they know that too. Um, but as far as Mart, you know, Martin, he's he was great. He, he was um, an unbelievable fill in there for a bit and he's signed for next year and I believe he's going to be the backup next year so this is actually going to work out uh, my guess is he'll play all three games they might want to get see loves a game in boy no <laughs> but if you want a backup and you want to see a guy um, the only thing that concerns me is is that um, you know you're putting in a guy at the end of the year and it usually at the end of the year the games are very loose there's lots of scoring chances there's guys trying to pad their points it's not really NHL hockey per se, playoff hockey. No, and, and guys, I know you alluded to this earlier on in the pregame show, Dan and Sat. Like, tonight, Vancouver's starting goalie is their American League hockey starter, and the backup is their East Coast Hockey League starter. And that is never a good sign at any point in the season for a team that's trying to get into the playoffs, and it's as a result of Thatcher Demko maybe having his season coming to an end a little sooner than he and fans would have liked it. We don't know if he's out for the final three games, but he's definitely going to be watching this one from the press box. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's one of those things for Thatcher Demko's season that even if this is the end of it, and despite the fact he, by his standards, struggled a bit, is there any way to consider this season anything but a success for Thatcher Demko as a first year as a full-time starter, start to finish? Um, no, his his year was great, and I am ninety nine point nine 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 percent positive he played the last few games with a nagging injury. Mm. Um, so, you know, he's I I don't expect to see him the rest of the year. I don't know how serious it is, um, but that wasn't him. That that wasn't him. That's not fair to judge his year on those last couple of games because I mean this guy, it, yeah, it was um, it was beyond his control. Um, so. You know, now we're you know we're we're into the last three games right now, um, and you know I, I don't know where a lot of guys are at with their injuries, but there's more guys playing with 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 injuries. But as far as Thatcher Demko, I mean, he's the MVP of this team. Oh, with a bullet, and there's yeah, and that's no disrespect to three guys that had 30 or more goals, yeah. a defenseman who's going to shatter team records from the point. Thatcher Demko should be the unanimous choice for. Team oh, yeah. MVP. Easily. If he had played tonight, guys, he would have been just the fourth goalie in franchise history. 50-plus years of Canucks hockey. He would have been the fourth goalie to have played this many games in the single season. Joining Roberto Luongo, Gary Smith, and Alex Ald, our good friend. He's played that much. And he has, even though the team's not going to the playoffs, and even if he's not going to play out the string, he has had an absolutely fantastic year between the pipes. It really was. And Hershey, I, I kind of want to pick up on that idea of playing hurt. How 
you know, we, we saw it with Robin Leonard, you know, even a couple of weeks ago when, when Vegas was here. You could just tell he wasn't right, you know. Um, how difficult is it to play with a nagging injury between the pipes? Well, it depends on what it is, right? Right. It depends on what it is. But it's, you know, where it affects you the most is, is more mentally because you, you all of a sudden you feel like you can't get there, right? Like, say it's a, a groin injury or whatever. I don't know what it is. Um, and... And like I said, there still is a 0.00001% chance that it is an injury in my mind. But, you know, take it for what it's worth. Um, but it just it affects your mental, you know, the way you play and, and how you can play the game. So um, I remember one year I needed shoulder surgery, and I was in the minors. And I had to – I had to. it was like December when I, I tore uh, a labrum in the back of my shoulder. I couldn't take three months out. Right, I would. I wouldn't have got. I, mean, I was. My contract was up. There was, you know, I, I was trying to get called back up to the NHL, and I had to play through it. And you know, I, I learned to play with it. Played pretty well with it, but it did affect the way I held my glove hand. So, you know, there's there's just different things you have to do, but it, it does affect you. As far as Thatcher Demko goes, I mean, what were the, the scoring chances? You know, Calgary had 23. You know, Minnesota had 18. And you're hurt. Or you're feeling something, um, you know, then definitely it's going to affect you. And it's not just those last couple of games. I mean, he's been averaging anywhere between, what, 29 to 38 shots a game? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, but, but having said that, he would have been the first person to say, I, if I'm good to go, I want to play. I, the team's still got a shot. We've been yeah. playing pretty good hockey. He's not the type of guy I think that is going to fold the tent unless it was a serious injury. And here's what I also want to say, Joe. Doctors and coaches would not have let him play unless he was medically able to. They would have not put him on the ice. Correct. If he could have gotten. So, you know, this is probably a situation where, um, and again, you know what? This isn't, uh, I, I'm not hearing from the organization or anything like that. This is just something uh, I'm very positive about and I do want to reiterate for people out there that you know I don't want them thinking that Thatcher Demko would have gone on you know with an injury and gone on and played and the team forced him to play or it doesn't work like that no you cannot there's all sorts of uh, legal round you can't do that and a player wouldn't do that and no. a coach uh, so let's just get that off the table however if he was still able to play he would you would you go out and you do the best, and that's you what can. I'm saying. It, it sure looks like that. Guys, yeah. There's lots of guys with bruised hands and and nagging things, right? And there comes a point where um, maybe it just you can't go anymore, right? You play with it, you play with it, you play with it, and then you just can't go anymore. And that's a decision that the doctors and Thatcher Demko would have made, and that's if that's what it is. Um, but he was not the same. He was definitely not the same. But remember, the coach said it's only an ouch. Yes, it's only an ouch. Well, some of it. I mean, there's a thing we used to say: Are you hurt or are you injured? That's where the difference lies. Yeah, yeah and, and you know, ultimately, we'll we'll get some updates on him over the next few days. Here, we're sure. Now, as far as the effort is concerned tonight, you know, we talk so much about hey, you're technically alive. The guys aren't going to give up until they're math mathematically out of it, but. They didn't have that energy really to start off that game last time against the Calgary Flames. And considering the odds are even more stacked against them now, what can we really expect energy-wise and commitment-wise from these guys tonight, Hershey? Well, sorry, Corey, go ahead. Well, I, I think it depends. You know, it's disheartening when you, fi when you finally figure out you're, you're done. Um, 
So there's a little bit of that going through, but there's only three games left. And you you need to... Guys are playing for contracts. You're playing for a lot of other things. Um, it's it's the third, fourth line guys and, and the guys that don't have contracts. You know, those are the guys that got to... They're, they're the ones, hey, you got to still keep going. Now the pressure's off too. So guys actually play better sometimes with the pressure off. That's why you'll see the, the lower end team sometimes finish stronger in the last 10 games. And remember, remember when Vancouver was out in like beginning of February when the Sedins were here and they, they won like their last 10 in a row or something yeah. crazy, 8-0-2 or something? Well, because there's no pressure, right? So, and you play against backup goalies, and so we'll see. I expect to do that. Yeah, and, and they'll know full well. Like, I'm sure they're getting word inside the locker room before they come out that Vegas is already in a one nothing lead on Dallas after 20 minutes. William Carrier scored for the Golden Knights. So they, they know what's at stake here and, and, and know the mountain that is maybe too tall to climb for them to, to keep their hopes alive. But I've, I've really, the one thing I've been impressed with this team, even if they're not going to make it, they have not folded the tent at all. They played very well at home. They've gotten points at home, even if it's not enough to get them across the playoff bar. Uh, they've been pretty competitive. And, and I think the last couple of games that we've seen, especially in Minnesota and Calgary, it looked like a team that's hit just a bit of a wall. And as the games have gone on, the legs look a little bit more tired. Uh, but I, I expect them to be pretty pretty energetic to, to start tonight here against Seattle. Yeah, and it's um, you know it's been tough with the injuries, right? Um, Bo going down against Arizona, and Pearson hasn't played in, in forever, and, and some other players. But you know they've they've managed to to stay in a lot of games. They had the six game win streak, and it does feel like things kind of just ran out of gas. But you know there has been some really impressive seasons, and maybe you can look at that as a disappointment that the Canucks are having career years from a lot of guys and are still going to likely come up short of the playoffs, or you can look at it as a positive moving forward with this group. But Quinn Hughes uh, is now tied with Doug Lidster for 63 points. He's really improved his game defensively this year. I, I feel as though we've, we've run out of positives to say about Quinn Hughes' season. He's been electric, hasn't he? I mean, you're right, 63 points. Uh, I'm sure he'd like to have a little higher total in that goal scorers column than what he's had. Uh, and if that's the only downside to his season, so be it. I mean, yeah. he's, he's been he's been so dynamic. He's been very, very good on the power play. He's been a whole lot better in his own end of the rink. And don't think that's not gone unnoticed by management and teammates and fans. Um, you know, this is a team that's going to have, and Corey, we talked about it, they've got three players with 30 or more goals. They've got an all-star goaltender, and they've got a record-breaking defenseman. And they're probably not going to be a playoff team. Yeah, That's pretty rare in today's NHL when you tick off all those boxes I just listed, and it's not a playoff-bound team, not for lack of effort, certainly in the case of number 43. Yeah, no, and he's about to break, isn't he? He's about to break Doug Lidster's um, single-season point record. One more it? point. Yeah, one more point. So he's going to get that done. That's not even a, that's a foregone conclusion. Um you know, just moving forward in the future, now I'm starting to look at what kind of summer these guys have. Quinn Hughes is a guy, you got to get bigger and stronger. There's no question. He does. He's got to get bigger. He's got to get stronger. Um, and that's is there the a youth. point, Hershey, where, you, you know, you get too big, though? Like, he, he's got to... Have you seen Hughes off the ice? No, but I mean, <laughs> at, at what point do you lose the agility and the elusiveness okay. that makes him so great? Well, like, you... I know he's got to get a little bit bigger. I'm I'll... not disputing that, but... Well, you're asking a specimen of fitness himself, right? Remember that. 
So <laughs> I'm asking a professional no, hockey That's player. exactly so, what you're asking. Th- yeah. So this is this is for me. Like the game's changed, right? You, now guys are leaner. They're they're but they're faster. So I'll give you an example of two. And this is again my opinion. I am no let's let's put the disclaimer in. I am no kinesiologist or expert in this area. However, I did play with guys that got too big upper body over the summer, and you can't stick handle. They, they, they lost their puck because they were just too big. Right. So it's more lower body, and upper body needs to be you know, more lean, and it's more core stuff. Um, for me, in my humble opinion, a guy like Brock Besser could probably come down a little bit up top for speed-wise. He'll still be able to shoot the puck just as well, but I think he'd be a faster player because um, he's pretty big up top. Now, again, I can hear people yelling at their radios. I am not a kinesiology expert. This is just my opinion because I've played with guys, you know, that are, are bigger up, upper body. So, you know, that's my opinion. Whether or not he goes to his trainer and says, you know, no, that's completely wrong, I would probably agree. However, again, there's guys that need to, like, their upper body's got to stay as strong. But, you know, if their hands are going to work... Uh, and a guy for Hughes, he just you got you have to have legs like tree trunks. You really do. Yeah, and and yeah. you know what, guys? And I mentioned this: his playing his own end of the rink, I think, has become leaps and bounds from what it was last year. And there's that one stat in the NHL stats pack that some people look at and say it's really important. Some people say it's so archaic they should just take it out. But last year he was the third worst player in the league in plus minus, at minus 24. He's a plus seven. Yeah. going into the final weekend of the great. year on a team that's leaked in far too many goals and a team that's not <laughs> been responsible enough in its own end of the rink for another consecutive season. I think he has developed in a lot of those different ways that he was hoping to last off season to result in the, the performance he's had this year, and I would expect him quite clearly to carry that on into the summer here as he prepares for a what he hopes is a playoff-bound season in 2023. Uh, now, uh, before we let you guys go, we have to ask you this question, Joey, because uh, earlier Dan mentioned that his unsung hero for this Canucks season is Tanner Pearson. That's you right. had a very uh, <laughs> adverse reaction to that statement, but you said you have an unsung hero that may cause an adverse reaction yeah, from us. Maybe. Maybe. Listen, I think, I mean, I think, would we all agree, Corey, if I was to ask you who the unsung heroes for the Canucks this year, you would say? Luke Chen. Okay. And I think he's going to win it. He's the favorite. He's the betting favorite I by think, BCLC. Right. Okay. And I think he's probably going to have that honor bestowed upon him. But to me. I'll make the argument after, but you go. Okay. Well, I'm sure these two on the other side of the broadcast booth will chime in just as loudly. <laughs> I think it's Connor Garland. And I'm going to tell you why. And there's only one reason he's probably not going to get it. And, Corey, you and I have talked about this off the air. It's the fact that he went for a month-long streak without turning the red light on. Yeah. No, and that's, that's but nearly 100. His opinion's valid. Okay. Just not yours, Joe. But all, That's right. So he's almost nearly 100% of his points have come at even strength. He's right near the team lead in shots on goal. He's the team leader in penalties drawn. He's got the best plus-minus of any forward. And he's got the second-most takeaways on this team. Guys, we talked off the air. This has been a weird year to, to classify. Should there be multiple candidates every year for an unsung hero? Yeah, you'd think. There aren't many for this team. Well, yeah. And I think Connor Garland, uh, the only blemish for me is that one month, that 16-game that stretch where he just didn't score a goal. What Otherwise, if, what I think What if he's... I said the unsung hero is an assistant coach who doesn't get a lot of credit? <laughs> Bradshaw? Damn straight. That guy changed the defensive system yep. of this team and... Uh, put the penalty kill where it was at so that they could be in this position. So, 
that's my opinion. If you're going to pick a coach, if you're going to pick a player, it's Luke Shen because who else stands up for guys? Oh, hey, and, and that's why he's going to win in the locker room, right? But you're right. You know, I, I, Joey, your 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 opinion's valid. Reachio's opinion is not valid, um, <laughs> and we're just no. I'm waiting to hear from Give these guys. Give us your now. thing, Reach. Hey, I I uh, I had Connor Garland as my most exciting player, so I'm oh, right there with you. Joey. I like that too. Yeah, I don't know if you can be unsung if you're making almost five million per year. Valid. Well, no, hey, there, hey, listen. So I, when did they put a cap on the unsung <laughs> hero? <laughs> no, you're, listen, listen. Even he himself, and I think most fans would agree, he's been pretty steady. He's been pretty solid. What has soured a lot of people, and it and it soured Garland himself when you guys had him on the air. What did he say? His year was brutal? Garbage. Yeah. Garbage. Gar right, garbage. And that's because he went a month without scoring. Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, I love it. We'll hear you for the call uh, coming up after 7 o'clock. I uh, love it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Pre-game roundtable. More as the warm-ups continue or the warm-ups get going here at Rogers Arena. Canucks and Kraken on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Warm-ups underway here at Rogers Arena. The Vancouver Canucks. In their black skate retro jerseys against the Seattle Kraken, who are in their road whites. It is the penultimate game of the season. I am on a trek to see how often I can say penultimate over the course of this evening. So if you're getting annoyed by it, too bad. It is the Canuck Central pregame show. Dan Richo and Satyar Shah are with you. And Spencer Martin is uh, getting up and ready for the Vancouver Canucks. He is your starter as Thatcher Demko is day-to-day. Arthur Silovs is the backup as uh, Yaroslav Halak is still out and injured as well. So, a lot to uh, see for the Canucks' backup goaltenders. See their goaltending depth here uh, tonight as, uh, well... We know Spencer Martin has had an unbelievable run with the Vancouver Canucks. And even in Abbotsford, he has played extremely well. You know, the things that Spencer Martin has done to get to this point with the franchise is impressive. You talk to people around the team. Talk to our goalie guru, Kevin Woodley, every Wednesday. And the reason Spencer Martin has worked his way up through the depth chart, even after coming in as essentially the fifth guy. You know, he was behind DiPietro and behind Silovs coming into training camp. And he's done nothing but win everybody over. It's been his tremendous work ethic. It's been his ability to, his coachability. That's the word I'm looking for. Because we know the Canucks have great goalie coaches. We know Ian Clark is one of the best. Curtis Sanford is getting a ton of pub for what he's done in the AHL this year with the Canucks. And Spencer Martin is probably one of the biggest testaments to that. You know, just an absolute stud all year long for this organization and when he got into games because Demko and Alok ended up on the COVID list at the same time what did he do? Oh, ho-hum he just came in and won a bunch of games for the Vancouver Canucks and that's really all you could ask for 
you know, when a guy's getting put into a spot that you didn't expect to come in and have three games that he did, yeah, he only gets one win out of them, but he had a goals against of 159. He had a 958 save percentage in those games. Really, all you can do is speak highly of what Spencer Martin's done, and that's why he's being penciled in to the starter's job. Well, not the starter's job for next year. I don't foresee him taking over Thatcher Demko. He is uh, penciled in as the backup for the Vancouver Canucks next year. The thing about the Canucks tonight is they've got still a slim chance at the playoffs. Vegas Golden Knights are up one nothing on the Dallas Stars. That's just entering the second period of play. That is the result the Canucks need. They need the Vegas Golden Knights to beat Dallas in regulation, so we'll keep an eye on that through the night. Sat, we talked about this on Canucks Central earlier today, and you can check out the podcast there. But what are we looking for tonight? Aside from Spencer Martin, um, who we just talked about, what are we looking for in these final three games from the Vancouver Canucks? Well, I mean, it really, we can't learn anything new in three games. It comes down to a few players. One, Will Lockwood, how can you finish the season, give you a bit of an indication. And Spencer Martin between the pipes tonight gets a chance, and also how many games he starts. The other thing I want to see is, for individual players, finish the season strong and carry something over. Do the accolades matter to you? Does 100 points matter? JT, get it. That inspires you heading into next year. Patterson hitting 70 points, will that help you and inspire you heading into the offseason? Great. I want to see those guys hit numbers that is going to give them confidence and inspiration heading heading into the offseason. So, you know, I do agree. Milestones are great. Uh, Players love to put them on their resumes. I don't care what they say in the media. You know, I know JT has been pretty consistent with the whole, you know, 100 points doesn't matter unless I make the playoffs. Like, yeah, it's... It's nice to say. It's nice to say, but do you really on. believe that? <laughs> um, like, okay, I'm sure. Certainly. I'm sure it doesn't. I, he's not going to sit there and be upset about getting 100 points. Right. Of course, you'd rather get 90 and make the playoffs. It's just, you know, like the more I talk about this and, and the more I think about it, you know, if Connor Garland scores two more goals for the rest of the year, he'll hit 20 for the season. Uh, they'll have five 20 goal scorers on this roster. Yeah. Um, Pod Colson is what at 15, but then the drop off from there has been pretty significant. You now Tanner Pearson uh, is up in that mid-teens range. Probably could have touched close to 20 yeah. if he stayed on with the way that he was playing through the middle of the season. But beyond that, uh, there just wasn't enough. You know, it's uh, at the end of the day, the production was very top-heavy for this team as it is for most teams around the league. But it's just weird to see a team that's going to likely or potentially have 520 goal scorers, a bunch of guys setting career highs, and still come up short of the playoffs. And as we talked about in the first hour of Canuck Central today, kind of underwhelm offensively in the overall. Well, and, you know, and, and that's the thing. It's easy to look at and say, you know, somebody texted in and said, you know, how many teams have their top three centers scoring 30 goals? And that's, that's true. And to some degree... You know, they've wasted a season, a good season offensively from a lot of those guys. But it's also about how you come to those points yeah. and how much of that is sustainable and how much of that is from you playing well. 
It went over the 5-on-5 numbers. This team has been in the bottom third of the league this year in 5-on-5 production and even strength. Yeah. And so when you you are not producing as much at 5-on-5 and you're in the bottom third of the league, even though you have a bunch of points in the power play, it shows a lot of your offense was directly coming from the man advantage as opposed to generating more at even strength. So if you're not generating offense in a variety of different ways, how good are you really? How much of those, it's almost like empty calories, how much in, uh, of those of that production is somewhat empty? We know JT's not. Pedersen's been good, but Pedersen's even strength production is well below what he normally has this yeah. season. Same for Bo and same for Brock Besser. That's got to change next year. They've got to be able to get goals at five on five. Can't be waiting for the power yeah. plays uh, to get on the board. And uh, Brock Besser is a part of that conversation as well. And we talked about Connor Garland and how prolific he's been relative to his teammates scoring at five on five. You know, I, at the end of the day, do you want Connor Garland to be uh, essentially leading your team in five on five points or second in your team at five on five points, only behind JT Miller? And uh, the answer is probably not. Probably, well, it, it probably means some other guys underwhelmed. Yeah, and you know what? Like, if, if Connor Garland was getting you those numbers and everybody else was producing at a high number, you'd feel pretty good. Yeah, you'd be, in you'd the be like, Yeah, you'd be like, hey, you know, we're going to be a playoff team, no matter what, at least. Or at least we feel like we're going to be close to getting there. So it does raise the interesting question of next year, and we've kind of talked about this and built on it uh, since Yannick Hansen mentioned it to us last year, or last uh, Friday. But if you just bring this group back and assume a more consistent season from Elias Pettersson and Bo Horvat, are they a playoff team? Well, they should be a playoff team if you bring everybody back. Yeah. But also, they're a playoff team if everything goes right when you bring everybody back. Right. Do, are they a playoff team that can overcome some injuries or a bad start? No. And they had a really bad start, which is really hard to overcome if you're any sort of team. But this team showed they can make the playoffs, but that's maxing out. And yep. that's things aligning for them. And we're sitting here and saying, you know, they're probably going to just get in. That's not a good enough bar. It shows you the true, true uh, ability of this team, what they're able to do. But not something you should feel great about. Like, you shouldn't be, like, happy that this team, you know, is maxed out at just missing the playoffs or just being a playoff team. It's uh, Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah. As it looks right now, line rushers just going through here at Rogers Arena. Garland, Miller, Chase on. Pod Colson, Pedersen, Besser, Dickinson, Richardson, Highmore, Dries, Lamico, Patan. So no Will Lockwood out for warm-up tonight. OEL, Myers, Hughes, Shen, and Hunt Burroughs. So... No Travis Dermott either, which is a super interesting lineup decision from the coach. Yeah, it is super interesting. And we'll maybe get some more information as to why, you know, guys aren't playing, what the reason is behind it. Um, you know, I, I'd like to see a guy like Lockwood play tonight. I want to see both Lockwood and Dermott. You know, I want to see both those guys play. So you wonder what the reason is behind yeah. I me. Mean, there could be something there injury-wise. It could be something else there. So we'll hear what head coach Bruce Boudreaux has to say. But I'd be surprised if he's just, you know, benching it for the sake of it. There has to be something there, I would think. Well, Lockwood is a player that you want to see what he has to offer and just keep getting him more reps because you expect that player to be fighting for a play, uh, a spot on the roster come training camp next year. And you brought in Dermot. You know, as I've said a bunch of times, I want to see Dermot play in a bigger role especially if the Canucks are out of the playoffs, just to see what it looks like. Yeah. You know, next to an OEL or next to a Quinn Hughes, just to see um, for a more prolonged period of time. I'm, I'm there with you, just to kind of see what you have to work with. 
how much of that actually works and translates. And yeah. Is there something there you can actually work with longer term? Uh, really interesting lineup decisions from the Vancouver Canucks. We'll hear from the coach behind the bench with Bruce Boudreaux is next. Joey Kenward is our play-by-play man tonight. He'll have that conversation. Brendan Batchelor is on the television broadcast tonight with John Garrett. Canucks and Kraken, the penultimate home game of the season for the Vancouver Canucks. Puck drop is coming up after the top of the clock on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to the Canucks pregame show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Time now for Behind the Bench. Here's Brendan Batchelor. Welcome back to the Canucks pregame show here on Sportsnet 650 as the Canucks open their final homestand of the regular season tonight against the Seattle Kraken. Joined now by Canucks head coach Bruce Boudreaux. If you can look back a couple of nights ago to your last outing on the road in Calgary against the Flames, how frustrating was that from your perspective, knowing that when you seem to get some momentum, seem to get some energy as the road team, the opponent scores in rather quick succession? Well, whether it was at home or on the road, uh, uh, those things are frustrating. Um, you love it when you do it to the other team. It's uh, but uh, it's pretty frustrating when it happens to you. So, yeah. So that was the biggest thing is we were pretty frustrated by that. Quinn Hughes that night gets put into the spotlight, and he's done that numerous times this year, tying a franchise record for points by a defenseman. You've been a coach in this league a long time. You've worked with a lot of young defensemen during your days in the NHL. Does he rank right up there amongst the best young blue liners you've had the privilege of coaching? I would I would have to say so. I mean, uh, um, he's still, what, 22 years old and um, to accomplish what he's accomplished. I mean, uh, I, I don't think it's uh, as great a, a feat because he's, he's going to he's going to break that record five times over. So, I mean, uh, uh, he's just starting his career and he's going to get better and better, but the potential in Quinn is amazing. And uh, uh, you'll see at the end of his career, hopefully he's a connect throughout it, that uh, he will have accomplished an awful lot of records that uh, won't be broken by a lot of connect defensemen. Thatcher Demko has been so valuable to your team this year. And I know that's an understatement coach as he sits out, tonight uh, and not knowing exactly how long he may be out moving forward here uh, just your overall thoughts on the season that he's had and and as well as a follow-up just a good opportunity presenting itself here for Spencer Martin tonight on home ice well I mean for Spencer hopefully um, it'll be tougher than his last time because I mean it's tougher it's tough to duplicate what you've done in the past when you, when it was that successful but I mean um, so we'll really get a better look at, as to what he's made of. As far as Demmer, I mean, it goes without saying that how uh, how great he's been for uh, most of the season. And the one thing the Vancouver Canucks fans can really uh, be thankful for is they've got him under contract for five more years. Uh, he's going to be one of, if not the best goalie in the NHL for quite a few years. And uh, uh, we're lucky to have him in our organization. Your opponent tonight is a team that I know fans in both markets want to see a huge rivalry built up with in the years to come, but Seattle's really had a tough time as a first-year franchise in this league. Having only seen them a couple of times and having had good results in previous matchups, what's your overall takeaway on what you've seen from the Kraken as you host them for the final time tonight? 
Well, I mean, they're going to be a good team eventually. I mean, they've got good young players. Um, they've struggled this year, but uh, that doesn't deter from any uh, rivalry. I, th- I got to believe that over the next 10 years, I mean, you're going to see Seattle, Vancouver in the same division battling for uh, whether it's playoff spots or first place in the in the league or in the playoffs. It's uh, uh, I think it's going to, you know, the rivalries are just not created by geography. They, there's going to be some battles here that are going to be really intense, and that will create the rivalry. And you'll see that the these two teams will find over the over time a pretty good hate for each other. Bruce, thanks as always for doing this. Good luck tonight against the Kraken. I appreciate it. Thank you. There is uh, the always polite Bruce Boudreaux in behind the bench with Bruce Boudreaux. And you'll hear it every pregame show here on uh, Canucks Central before every Canucks game on the Sportsnet radio network. It is uh, country night here at Rogers Arena. We just heard uh, uh, Aaron Prochette singing to get the – Get the people going here uh, before this big Canucks game. Got to say, my favorite country song of all time. Uh, Kenny Chesney, No Shoes, No Shirt, No Problems. Really? That's yeah. your song? It's really like I don't know many country songs. So I thought you maybe dropped some Johnny Cash or something. <laughs> but that's the song you I think with. I've been to a Luke Bryan concert. <laughs> well, there's my, that. my brother is a big fan, so he just dragged me out to the Hammer Hamilton one day, and he's like, yeah, I can't. I can't pretend to be a big uh, country. Not fan. a country I mean, guy. I, I mean, hey, I don't dislike country. It's just, it's just not my wheelhouse. Yeah, that's all. I know uh, Randeep, who's joining uh, for intermissions today. Uh, he, he's a big fan of Red Solo Cup. That's uh, that's his jam. Red Solo Cup. Yep. Who doesn't like Red Solo Cup? <laughs> Everybody likes a song that's probably playing in the background at a party. It's uh, Canucks Central pregame, Canucks and Seattle Kraken country night tonight. It is uh, time for the player spotlight here on the Canucks Central pregame show. And this time, as always, the player spotlight is brought to you by Super Soil. Want to have your garden in the spotlight this spring? Then make sure you head to Super Soil, BC's largest supplier of soils, mulch, and gravel. Visit supersoil.ca. Uh, it's pretty obvious where the spotlight is tonight, and that's on the Canucks starting netminder, Spencer Martin. Yeah, and Spencer Martin has three starts as of Vancouver Canucks so far. Only one victory, but look at these numbers. one five nine goals against average and a sparkling nine fifty eight save percentage in the three games he started for Vancouver earlier this season. And a, quite a contrast to the three previous games he started back in 2016-2017 for the Colorado Avalanche when he was 21 years old. He played three games, lost two of them, one overtime loss, and his goals against was a 4.35 and save percentage 865. So that brings his career number to a 916 save percentage through three through six starts in his career so far. So he's a guy who has a very limited track record. Half, not so great when he was 21, but now at the age of 26, it certainly seems like he's finding something that can be translatable to a National Hockey League as a backup netminder. Something about, you know, the players that have really surprised for the Canucks this season is their work ethic. You know, we talked to Adam Oates on Canucks Central today. You can find it on podcast about the work he and Luke Shen did together. And we see it, how Luke Shen has performed and is the Bill Masterton Award nominee for the Vancouver Canucks. But anytime you talk to uh, people around the Canucks and especially those that 
are around uh, the goaltending situation. They just rave about Spencer Martin and how much work he's put in this year. Yeah, absolutely. And they wouldn't be signing him unless they saw him put that work in. And then obviously with what the feedback's been from Curtis Sanford. And as much as we talk about Ian Clark, and of course, I mean, you see the work he does with Demko and leading yep. up the goalie department. The guy who's been working closer with Spencer Martin has been Curtis Sanford and work he's done. And there's obviously a lot of alignment between the message that Clark has and Sanford has, and that works really well. But I'm sure that Curtis Sanford is a big proponent, same with Ian Clark, and this team wouldn't be signing him to a two-year contract if the entire organization hadn't bought into what he's done all year. It's uh, It's been fascinating to watch, and he's getting a big spot here tonight. Black skate, he doesn't have the Kirk McLean pads, but uh, he is uh, wearing number 30 and uh, is backstopping the Vancouver Canucks for this one. A couple minutes here before we send you off to Joey Kenward and Corey Hirsch for the play for the call of the game. But before we do that, we'd like to give you a look at some of the props ahead of tonight's Canucks game. Sat, what are we looking at over at playnow.com? Well, uh, overall, when it comes to this game between the Vancouver Canucks and the Seattle Kraken, you wouldn't be too surprised if I were to tell you that the Vancouver Canucks were the team favored to win tonight. And, of course, Vancouver is still a far better team than the Seattle Kraken. So the, on the money line, not a lot of juice. 1.51 for Vancouver. However, for Seattle, it's a 2.6. Now, one thing we like to really focus in on, however, is the prop bets. What player can score? Who can come up? And you really can't go wrong nowadays picking Elias Pettersson. And every time we've picked Elias Pettersson for an anytime goal, it seems, especially the past couple of weeks, it seems like he's come through. So much so that the value on an anytime goal for Elias Pettersson was close to three and is now down to 2.2. So not as much juice there or as much value. But anytime you can more than double what you put down on Elias Pettersson, it doesn't seem like too bad of a bet nowadays. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd really gotten into uh, riding Elias Pettersson on his anytime goal prop. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Brock Besser today. The one thing that makes it harder to go with Brock right now, just that he's not on the top power play unit. So you have to take that into account when laying down anything with Brock. That being said, Vasily Podkolzin is 2-7 and does hold that spot on the power play where Bo Horvat normally is. Another one I'll throw out there, Quinn Hughes tonight. Well, he's tied with Doug Litster. He oh, can yeah. take the lead tonight. And for him to get over 1.5 points, so 2.9 for Quinn Hughes would be 2.75. Uh, you can let us know, 650-650 on the Dunbar Lumber text line, what you're looking at over at playnow.com. And as always, bet on hockey like never before with Play Now Sports, the official sports betting partner of the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, so just an update on the out-of-town scoreboard. The Vegas Golden Knights were up 1-0 on the Dallas Stars. But who else other than Jason Robertson to tie the game for the Dallas Stars? His 39th of the season. Insanity. He's been uh, just incredible for the Dallas Stars. One of the main reasons they are the favorites for that final playoff spot in the West. Reminder, the Canucks need Dallas to lose that game in regulation in order to keep their slim playoff hopes alive. A single point by Dallas ends it all tonight. Means the Canucks are breaking up their golf clubs. They still like to get a win tonight over the Seattle Kraken. The rivalry and the penultimate home game of the season is next on the Sportsnet Radio Network.